Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York jazz bassist and composer Derek Hodge. We caught up with him about his new 2021 CD, R plus R equals Now, live. It's a dream team collective featuring a stellar cast of cats like Robert Glasper and Christian Scott. Recorded live at the Blue Note Jazz Club in New York City, it is a stellar recording that's groundbreaking. This two-time Grammy award-winning artist grew up on the right side of Philadelphia in Willingboro, New Jersey, and has gone on to become a star in the world of jazz. His involvement with the supergroup, the new COVID world, and hope for the future are all part of our conversation, along with a little bit more. Enjoy. Hey, man, how's it going, man? Great to hear from you. Hey, good to hear from you, man. Thanks for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, man. Absolutely. I got to tell you up front, I get a lot of CDs. I listen to a lot of a lot of jazz music that's coming out. But when I heard R&R Now Live, I was just like, what I hear a lot of people explaining when they listen to like Wayne Shorter or, I don't know, Charlie Persip, something like that for the very first time where they're like, wow, I just am so relieved there's such a sound like this that's out there. It's a beautiful album. Oh, man, thank you so much, man. It's so fun to be part of something documented with, you know, my brothers, like my true musical brothers. So it was definitely special. You know, and I think the interesting thing that's, that's happened when this pandemic started, it was like, you know, the notion of you're going to have an album that you can't back it up with live music, I think has evolved to this notion in 2021 where almost having a, an album, especially one of live music, is almost like performing or giving people live music. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like the whole um, just perspective has changed of the experience. Yeah, which makes it even cooler just coincidentally that, that we happen to record that night. You know, you never know in moments turn into moments <laughs> yeah and yeah i'm thankful that happened man i totally agree and i think that's the thing that's very refreshing about this album is that you can hear the crowd and the interchange between both musician and crowd and you could tell the energy was really good in the room oh without question yes it's like a conversation not just between us but between all those spirits like in the room with us that's what i like about the Blue Note and just the club experience in general, like they're, they're right in front of you, especially like a Blue Note where literally if you knock over your drink, it's going over the person sitting right there eating their fries and crap. So I love that. <laughs> Is this kind of a triumphant uh, release for you guys? I mean, it, it has to be bittersweet with Blue Note, New York, just the whole thing. How, what are your feelings on this coming out during a pandemic in a time where live jazz has been kind of silence for almost a year you know I, I i'm thankful for shout out and love to even the blue note label and don was you know just being open to releasing this album in the first place and i think the timing of it is everything just considering that each person you know in this group is not doesn't just try to put our best foot forward as artists but we really try to reflect the time and the moment and the heartbeat of what's going on around us so we feel what's going on with musicians. We feel what's going on with people that can't really support musicians in person. We feel that because of that, you know, you almost have an artistic responsibility to just do what you can to uplift in the message that it's going to be okay. That's what this album kind of feels like. Like, it's just a reinforcement. Hey, you know, 2021's hit, putting this out, that live experience isn't going nowhere, you know, for we're going to recover. We're going to be okay. So I feel like it was just divine timing how everything worked out and it just coincides with 
the pandemic that we when we recorded that had we had no idea that that was going to happen. You know, so I feel like it's one of the things where artistic message just happens to hit at the right time, and um, I think everybody in this in this collective would say the same thing. And speaking of this collective, Robert Glasper put it together South by Southwest in 2017. Uh, this just has mm-hmm. to be a joy to be a part of. I mean, just listening to what you created, I get that sense that you're you you, you all are really kind of on the on the, on the edge of of a sound that I don't think we've ever really heard in jazz that's triumphant. Man, thank you. Thank you. You know, um, you mentioned Robert, and that's, that's what I love about him and each individual, you know, but in Robert, in the group, and Robert is no different, man. He's He just loves the thought of situations that, it, that documents us the most honest possible, not just like everybody doing a song and that everybody's playing fast and showing off chops and all that kind of stuff. Like, no, it's like, how do we expose ourselves as artists the best way possible? And that was, that's what I love. Um, you know, even about this idea of R plus R, like you mentioned when Robert permitted it South by Southwest, you know, that's no different than even our honest approach to the experiment music. And when we write together for other people, it's always that, how can we document ourselves as unapologetic as possible? Whether live, whether in the studio, being in the moment fully, like that's the constant. And, um, you know, I got to shout my brother out for that. You know, just always looking for situations, you know, where we can be in a room and expose ourselves for better or for worse, the most honest way possible. And that's what this is. You know, this has been a pretty unprecedented exile from live entertainment. I mean, every facet of our life has been altered, but what are you missing the most from being on stage? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's funny because I've, I've just been experiencing it with everybody else. Uh, but I, I think the, I'm, a, I'm a constant optimist, you know, so I've, I've always just felt like, you know, this is just that back. It's all going to be okay. So I'm so busy thinking forward and thinking ahead and that I never just got bogged down by the moment of, okay, well, this is the situation right now. You know, I think I tend to channel that energy more to, well, what can I do? You know, which, okay, what I can control is let's put out music now. That's why, you know, we made sure Color of Noise came out last year, Um, my my third Blue Note album. Um, You know, every individual in the band had music coming out in in R plus R individually, you know, through last year. And just doing what we can do, and because of that, you know, the, the, it felt like just a different dynamic, kind of like how you mentioned earlier. We felt that dynamic just in a different way, where you know the interaction now on social media, when we just do live little things, whether it's on Instagram or whatever, just that connection with people, you know, opening up the Q and A's. It feels like that same live connection is still happening, but just reimagined, you know? So I've just been looking at it in that way uh, and going with it, you know? What do you collectively hope we all realize, both musician and the audience, when we do actually return in earnest? When that happens and we're together, what do you hope we get to absence? That moments are precious for each side to just appreciate the moment and the people on the other side that are up contributing to that moment happening. It's not just the artist that's contributing to the possibility of the moment. It's the people who are giving their time, who are paying the support, who are showing up and packing up 
out the venues that give the artists leverage to come back. You know, it's all those things is actually really in concert with the people. And and I think that's the biggest thing I think that we can just really value even more, like just both sides, not just the artists hoping that the audience appreciates us more. It, it's also vice versa. You know, it's it's definitely, it goes both ways. And I think it's apparent now. You know, this time away and this, it's just this time that we've all dealt with, you know, slowing things down and refocusing things in our lives. What have you realized more deeply about why you love waking up being a musician every day? Oh, man, just the fact that for something like a pandemic to happen and to still be able to create and help people get through the time and to, you know, just see from people that our story and our way of sonically reflecting the times is helping them and speaking to them and them reinforcing that, you know, they're, they're going to still rock with us and go on the journey with us. That's just, it's been just a humbling time and a time of, of appreciation, like to make it through a year like that and to be creatively still intact and to be able to still create and put music out. It, it just reinforced that this is exactly what I feel like the universe has in store for me to just keep giving more art to the world and creating. It's, it's like a message. The more we keep putting things out unapologetically, like R plus R equals now, just documenting ourselves in the moment. It's like the universe keeps reminding us that, hey, keep going that route. We got you. So it's, it's one of those things I've, I'm even more dedicated to just making sure our artistic stories are told and they keep going, you know, because to make it through a time like this, you know, it, it's definitely something I can't take for granted. And I just got to keep uh, pushing it forward, you know, all of us. You know, the one thing that's hopeful right now about what we're talking about is we're in mid-February, numbers are going down, we're starting to see some things open back up, you know, the the, the vaccine's spreading. How do you see the revival of, of jazz and more hyper-specific in New York City? How do you see all of that kind of unfolding as we watch time move forward? You know, that's a good question. Um, and I think that's one of those questions that I, that's the wonder of it right now. <laughs> you know, as even as different artists, you know, find different ways of expressing themselves and different mediums of connecting with the audience. How much of this way of life and the style will continue even once venues open back up? And that's, it's honestly to be determined. It's such an interesting ride. I feel like a certain balance will be met. You know, it's not just New York, you know, LA, everywhere. I think a certain balance will be found where, you know, the artists, you know, you all, we've been forced to kind of think more about, you know, our career kind of controlling, you know, the narrative of, you know, how we're seeing where we perform and all that. And I think that balance is going to create at least a more healthy a balance of venues, at least where, the, you know, the artists can control, you know, things with the audience. But I, how that's going to manifest specifically in New York, you know, who knows? It's been tough hearing about places like the Jazz Standard, where that's one of the first jazz clubs I've played in in New York with Terrell Stafford and Mungu Miller back in the day. So they had to be gone and, you know, things like that. It's just a reminder to appreciate those moments. And when it opens back up, to still try to contribute in our own way to making sure those places are vital. Whatever does resurrect. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely to be determined. Yeah, without a doubt. Let me ask you this. If you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger self 
like when you were getting ready to start playing gigs, and you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? If you just trust me, it's okay to keep being yourself like you are. It would be to continue actually the path. <laughs> I would tell myself to, to continue the path that I went, just trusting the moment and don't feel like I have to change myself. Just go hard to taking in information and being unafraid to speak. You know, if I have something to say, that combination, you know, you, that, that you can control. And uh, thinking back, I think that's the one thing that's kind of helped me through, this, through my career is just holding on to a, a naiveness and just not changing up, you know, my natural personality and feeling like what I have to say is invalid, just trusting it and putting it out there. So I would say enjoy the ride, the same. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fan base, but you're ultimately living your life. Who do you think you are? Wow. Well, if I'm speaking for myself, I know I'm a student. I'm a student of just life, the history of the, of the music, the history of the art, the stories behind it. And what it just feels like I owe it to myself to share that full story sonically, not to limit myself. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm somebody that just honestly doesn't cut myself off at the wings, whatever I'm feeling creatively. And just like, uh, you know, some of my friends, you know, they feel the same way. It's be, don't be afraid to try it all. And you mentioned Wayne Short earlier. When I hear some of the legends speak about him, you know, when they say, like, you know, Wayne's managed to somehow still stay curious, you know, with almost with the free thought like of a child that for someone that great to still have that curiosity, you know, uh, for someone like him and even Chick Rea and others just to have that curiosity that is carried, that inspires people 50, 60 years younger like myself. I hear it in the, in the music, you know, and which is why I did fall on my album, Color of Noise, you know, to, to show love to of those that you could hear that freedom and honesty in their art. And that's, that's kind of part of my statement, you know, hopefully the most honest side of myself, you know, that's felt in whatever albums that we record, that it helps the culture and helps somebody years from now to push forward too. Beautiful. Derek, thank you for taking a minute out for me on Jazz today, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man, absolutely, man. I hope I gave you enough. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Philadelphia, New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Derek for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.